Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orst and today we're going to be talking about our favorite films of 2015. And since the Oscars are less than a month away, now, well, almost two months away, we are going to do our Oscar predictions. So right now we're going to talk to Raven and Michelle about their favorite films of 2015 and Oscar predictions. So how are you guys doing? Doing very well. Awesome. So, Michelle, let's start with you. Out of all the films, do you have any favorite? Out of all the films I've seen in 2015, it's really hard to pick a certain favorite, but there are tons in the same kind of genre. I would say about, it goes down to Avengers and Jurassic World. Ooh, and Star Wars. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. Star Wars, Wars, of course. Very popular because of how much hype it got. And Raven, there are not that many animation movies this year, actually. Do you have a favorite? Well, I have been kind of a bad film critic this year and not watched that many films. But honestly, I think an animated feature that will definitely be seeing some awards this year is Inside Out. It got such amazing response from audiences of all ages, which I wasn't necessarily expecting going into the film. But after watching it and seeing all of the conversations and thought that it provoked, I think it's a perfect family film. It was very funny. It it was very, you know, I think beneficial for children and adults to sort of be able to verbalize their emotions and and compare it to this film. And I think it'll definitely be experiencing receiving some awards this this Oscar season. I definitely agree with that. There was a lot of good animated films out this year, but Inside Out, what I like in particular, unlike the other animated films, it wasn't just for little kids. It wasn't just a fun comedy film. It was really deep and motionful. So let's continue. So, Michelle, uh, Oscar predictions. What do you think is going to win the Oscars? Like, what do you think is going to be the best comedy film? Let's start with that. Okay, well, when it comes down to visual effects, I think Jurassic World and Star Wars were just like, they hit it out of the park. Also with Everest, I don't know if you if you have seen that movie, but the visual effects in these movies are just insane. And it's so hard to just narrow it down to one film who can win in that category. I definitely agree. Jurassic, Jurassic World had amazing special effects. I do have to mesh, mention San Andreas because that just looked amazing. I think that's bound to win, at, at least be possible to win the visual effects role because it did look just spectacular. Raven, a lot of great directors, including Steven Spielberg directing Bridges Spies, which was one of my favorite films of the year. What do you think? What do you think is the best director this year? Oh my goodness. I think that's so hard to say. I think Bridges Spies is really wonderful. Spotlight, I think, was amazing. I know that film is a little bit more mature, but I think the direction was wonderful with that. I think I mean, my personal favorite movie and and what I think is a wonderful job by the director is Me and Earl and the Dying Girl and I actually got to sit down with director Alfonso Gomez Rayon and I think just he took a very unique take on this film and I think he did an incredible job but unfortunately I doubt that he'll be winning any awards because Me and Earl and the Dying Girl is a smaller film and it's not necessarily a huge blockbuster that had everyone buzzing about it. 
Me and Earl and Dying Girl was a very unique film, but I agree, didn't get as much hype as a lot of other films, didn't get as much fame, which is very bad because it was a very nicely done film. So, Michelle, let's move on to original song. There's a lot of songs, and I mean a lot, including the returns of John William with Star Wars, and of course, he did a legendary job. But what do you think was your favorite soundtrack in any movie this year? Favorite soundtrack in any movie? Wow, that's a hard one. To be completely honest with you, I haven't really found any soundtrack that really wowed me, at least in the films that I have seen in 2015. But I do totally agree with you that the Star Wars soundtrack is, I think it's spot on as it always is. And I wouldn't be surprised if it actually won an Oscar because, I mean, it's Star Wars after, you know, it started up in the 70s and it's back here in 2015, you know, creating so much nostalgia to all the fans out there. And it's just, I definitely, like, I definitely think they might win an Oscar for that category. Oh, yeah, it's definitely bound that Star Wars should win at least one Oscar. I don't know if it's going to be for visual effects. Raven, what do you think about the songs? I agree. I mean, I personally have not yet seen Star Wars, but I have heard some of the soundtrack. And I have heard a lot, surprisingly, about the soundtrack from Star Wars, which isn't what I expected people to be talking about when it comes to Star Wars. But I've heard a lot of really amazing stuff, how, you know, they keep the traditional themes while also creating some really wonderful new sounds. And and I, I think that that's definitely something that we'll be seeing for sure. Star Wars in soundtrack department. And it's really hard to say because there are just so many movies. Uh, if you just read the list of movies, it's so long. There's just so many great movies. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And today we are talking about our favorite films and Oscar predictions. Right now we're talking to Raven Michelle about their favorite movies and Oscar predictions. We were just kind of talking about the songs of all movies and we kind of all agree Star Wars had a pretty fantastic soundtrack. So let's move on to camera shots. Raven, what do you think is the best film in terms of camera shots? Uh, I know The Walk had just legendary camera shots. That was just amazing. I'm going to go back again to me and Earl and the Dying Girl because I think this is why I love this movie. I feel like just the cinematographer in this in this film is phenomenal. And I feel like, I mean, after talking to the director, they really tried to make the camera angles almost a character within themselves. And I thought what was so phenomenal about this film and the cinematography and camera use and whatnot is that there was a lot of continuous shots. So a lot of panning and... And, and I think it takes a lot of skill to have an entire five minute scene just be one shot and have it still be interesting. And so I think I think that's that was really wonderful. I have to agree. Me and the, me and Earl and the Dying Girl again. I don't know why it didn't get as much fame because it was very nicely done. It overall just a very nice film. And I have to agree that it should win at least one Oscar, maybe a few in the Oscars in a few months. So yeah. Michelle, let's move on to costumes. Now this isn't exactly costume. But I think we should go back to Star Wars because if you look in some scenes, they are actually using a lot of puppets. And when I mean a lot, I mean almost every single alien is a puppet. So what what is your opinion? I think they did such a phenomenal job with just everything in that movie. I mean, I'm a a, a diehard Star Wars fan. I'm actually, well, I'm kind of a noob. I just got into the fandom. But when I first started watching the movies, it kind of blew my mind that in the 70s, they still had these amazing graphics and costumes. And the fact that they still kept the tradition going but making it look even more modern in this new movie, it just amazed me. And I think they did a great job with pretty much everything, the design and, and how the characters look. And they developed so much just by showing how that, well, character seemed to look on screen. I definitely agree with you on that. Raven, what do you think about costumes? I think as far as costumes go, I think definitely Star Wars will get some attention 
for that for sure. I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I've seen that, that many films that have been necessarily period pieces. Suffragette had a wonderful sort of costuming that allowed it to really feel like it was back in the day and really accentuated the, the period. But I don't think I have seen very many films this year that have really caught my eye as far as costuming goes. And you know, the sad thing is now that, that it's 2016, Happy New Year to everyone, by the way. Now yeah. that's 2016, a lot of companies and a lot of productions are using CGI instead of costumes because it's cheaper, it's easier, put somebody in a green screen, then customize a thread and needle and buy right. costumes for each character. So it's just kind of disappointing to see that costumes are slowly getting older and older. And it's good to see that Star Wars kind of revamped that. I do have to mention Mad Max because, of course, every character had to have their special outfits for whatever their character was. And those all looked amazing. Cinderella also. It came out oh, in yeah. early 2015, but their costumes were just like so breathtaking. I, I fell in love watching the movie just because of their costumes. I think it embodied truly just how Cinderella is and how her family lives. And it was just spectacular. I, yeah, I completely forgot about Cinderella recently because I did not think it was a very good movie. But yeah, I think the costumes were wonderful. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. The uh, Cinderella did have fantastic costumes, but I kind of feel like that style of costumes were done before. I was trying to think of something more yeah. unique, you know, because we've all seen these giant ball dresses before in movies, but I agree with you. The costumes in that were very beautiful, very nicely designed. And overall, fantastic job. Now, I want to talk about acting and The Martian. I think it's going to win with acting because yes. if you think about it, the main character, he's completely alone for 90% of the film. So what do you guys think? I think Matt Damon does an incredible job in this film. It is definitely on my list of favorite films from 2015 because of exactly what you're saying. He is, I mean, basically every scene he's in, he's on his own. And he has to carry this entire film. It was a very long film. So he has to really carry this entire film and show, I mean, he's on Mars for years and he really shows his character development and the perseverance. Um, another film, which I'll just briefly mention because it is rated R, Straight Outta Compton, the acting was so incredible. They had Ice Cube played by Ice Cube's son and it was so spot on. Like sometimes I thought that I was watching like the actual members of NWA. So yeah, I think that was ph phenomenal for acting. I have to agree with that. I think, I know we can't talk about it very much because it's rated R, but Trey Alv Compton, they did a very, I think it was perfect for who they casted for that. And like you said, yeah, The Martian, it's a very long film, but he held it up very well. Michelle, what do you think? I have to agree with Raven on that point too. The whole character development, considering it is a totally long film. The first time I watched the movie, I was kind of like, I was kind of disappointed in the sense that he was an interstellar and Interstellar is a similar movie so I was like oh my god like this cannot be as good as Interstellar but it totally was and I think he did an amazing job in this movie and truly embodied and you like exactly who his character was supposed to be like his personality just like sh like shined through in every scene that he did. I agree with you 100% The Martian should at least win one re award because it was just in a truly truly spectacular movie and just the idea is so unique I read the book afterwards and I absolutely love the book and they just did such a fantastic job turning it into a movie Let's talk about editing a little bit. Uh, a lot of people think editing is not that important, but it is very important. I mean, it can make a movie beautiful or it can make a movie absolutely terrible. Raven, what do you think? Again, nothing comes directly to mind with editing uh, because I don't think I've seen any films that have, you know, really, that's something that I've noticed. Um, but I think with Jurassic World, editing and post-production was a huge, you know, it really makes or breaks this movie, basically, because everything is done in CGI. And so I think the editing done with Jurassic World really wonderful. Also, um, Mr. Holmes, which uh, recently came out. I thought the editing in that was 
pretty spectacular as well. Michelle, what do you think? When it comes down to editing, it's really hard, especially, well, for me as a TV production student, like I work with editing all the time. So when I see movies, it's a huge deal for me. I've seen a lot of films in 2015 that have had either terrible editing or amazing ones. And two films that have stood out to me is the first one being Spectre, the James Bond movie. I think that was wonderfully executed. It was just spot on. And Star Wars, because again, it, it was it was so the editing was raw. And I, I like that it related so much to, again, tradition. They kept those cheesy little transitions, nothing too jump cutty or anything. I think it, it was just flawless, really. I have to agree with Star Wars. I love when I first saw the transition that looked like it was from a $5 movie program. No, it's insult <laughs> to those programs. They are very good, but they are very cheesy transitions. And I absolutely love that because those were from the original films and the prequels. I agree 100%. Guys, thank you so much for talking to me about your Oscar predictions and favorite films. Our viewers, definitely check out any films that you want to see. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids vs. Coming Attractions. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Brandon Sella, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about our favorite films of the year, some Oscar nominations, and we're still going to be talking about that throughout the rest of the show. But right now, we're going to be talking to Willie and Kiefer. So, gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm great. How are you? Awesome. All right. So, basically, just uh, give me a quick uh, rundown for us. Uh, give me your 
top three, top five films? Well, first of all, I feel like this this conversation going to be a bit heated because I don't know about Wheelie here, but I think I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> no, I, I think me and Wheelie would kind of agree that there's been, this was a great year for films. I mean, I, I can't talk too much about Spotlight, but I want to so much, So, but I can't. Spotlight was great. That was one of my favorites. Concussion was another great film that I really Ooh, enjoyed. Nice. And yeah. again, The Martian. I mean, we just keep talking about The Martian. And why is Bridge of Spies not on there? Well, it's a good film. Film, but it's not just wasn't my personal favorite. Okay, really, come on in. Oh well, it, I, I agree with Keeper. It's been a great year for film, a better year than I thought. But my, my favorite film is a movie called I'll See You in My Dreams. It stars Blythe Danner. It's, it's a wonderful film. I love Anna Lisa, the animated feature yes. by uh, Charlie Kaufman, and I love The Ooh. Big Short. It's it's a very very well made movie by Adam McKay. So th- that'd be my top three favorites. It's interesting. So hmm, no Star Wars. All right, I'll be sure I, to. I'm I'm go. sorry. That's for Jerry. I think Jerry's gonna kind of tackle that subject right there. We're going we're gonna to go all out with Star Wars. All right, fair enough. Okay, so as far as... Let's just get into it. Best picture. What do you guys think? Really, do you want to go first to this one? Uh, it's, it's, as, as of now, it's going to be Spotlight. It, it's one most of the critics' junkets have, have voted Spotlight Best Picture. Any upsets could possibly be Carol. Um, it's a film that stars Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara. But as of now, Spotlight is definitely the front runner, unless, of course, it pulls a boyhood. Interesting. I agree with Willie. I mean, I really enjoyed that film. Like, I think what's interesting about Best Films is that it's we've... A lot of the great big films come out. Ridley Scott, Tarantino, Spielberg, Zemeckis. All these great directors have been making films. But I think the big directors that really shined and really made this year's best films have been lesser known directors. Peter Landsman for Concussion. Tom McCarthy for Spotlight. I mean, there's been some really good, fresher directors. No offense to the other guys. I, I honor and respect them. But it's nice to see other directors get recognition for great visual and cinematic storytelling. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned about the directors because I'm looking at the list of best films and then their directors and I think I'm not I'm not quite sure it just seems like it's a toss up right now for best director I mean what would you guys say because I'm looking at the list and I think like Ridley Scott is a name that comes up as far as like a big name goes but other than mm. that what do you guys think who would win best director I haven't seen The Reverend yet I really want to but I think I don't know if Alejandro Inuatu is going to win this one but researching how they made this film how they made The Reverend was just absolutely amazing just how the natural lighting they got that that was that's that's some dedication there, so I don't know about best director. <laughs> Again, it's I really like Peter Landsberg for Concussion. I mean, it's it's Concussion was a great film, and I think the I think what made it great was both the actor Will Smith with his great performance and the direction style by Peter Landsberg. Hmm. I think it's just it's that was a great film for me. I think that's for director wise that could win it. Well, I, I have to disagree with Kiefer. I don't think Concussion was a great film. It was a good film, but beyond that, the the, the, the directing the, the nominees it's really a spread out year. Down to Ridley Scott, you know, he has that overdue factor. He's been doing it for a long time since the 70s you know hasn't won one yet and it's also between george miller for mad max he's surprisingly beginning a lot of attention for rebooting the franchise and mad max is an amazing film one of the best ones i've seen all year so he'd be a very worthy candidate him and scott interesting interesting and we keep on going back to this we keep on going back to that we're just not sure that it just seems like it's an open field right now and talking about that willie what are your sleepers as far as best picture goes straight out of compton has slowly but 
surely been sneaking in. Uh, that could be a Best Picture nominee. Mad Max could definitely upset. Force Awakens could definitely upset. But uh, there's actually a, a, just a, a pretty good group of films that we can say could take the 10 spot from Oscar morning. The most competitive category, actually, is Best Actor. Kiefer, what do you think, like, as far as a sleeper candidate goes? I don't know. I mean, Mr. Holmes could sneak in there for his yeah. one. Mr. Holmes yeah. is another good one with Ian McKellen, which I would like to see a nomination of Ian McKellen. He's, a, again, Shakespeare Society, an amazing actor, and again, another a nice, good portrayal of Ms., of Sherlock Holmes. So that's a sneaker that could be in there. And, no, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, it's, it's a good year for films, but compared to, I believe, compared to last year's films, there have been, well, I guess it would be considered last year, 2014, Birdman, Whiplash, all that stuff. I mean, it was, I think they were like, wow, I don't even know who's going to get it because it was just so competitive. This year, I don't know. I mean, this one's more of a toss-up for a lot of the films. Trumbo is another one with Brian Cranston. That's another one. Yeah, Brian Cranston is definitely just one of those marquee actors that you got to look at. And in whatever film, ever since uh, Breaking Bad, it seems like in whatever film he's in, it's going to be in there as far as Best Picture or at least Best Actor goes. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about some Oscar nominations. We're going to keep on talking about that throughout the entirety of the show. So, Willie, I caught that you said straight out of Compton, and I wanted to just throw in a quick question here. What are some of the cooler films, like the coolest film of this year that you're like, oh man, that's cool, or like, oh, that shot, that's cool, you know? To me, nothing was cooler as far as the way it was shot and presented than Mad Max. Mad Max just had this style about it that that mixed its its setting its futuristic setting with with its with its modern way of presenting it again i love miller i i love the editing is phenomenal i think it's definitely a front runner for editing it, it and if it weren't for the revenant it'd be a front runner for cinematography too mm-hmm. so i you know a lot of the shots are just so beautiful with, with mad max i think that's the coolest film of the year yeah definitely yeah. i want to step in there and i'm going to kind of argue with you a little bit i think visually i agree with you mad max was a great film by george miller but i feel like visually again you gotta put in the, the walk. I mean, Zemeckis did a great job. I understand CG. But to be honest, I feel like that film was straight out of, to me, a storybook. There's, there's, I've always loved reading a storybook from The Man on the Wire. And... I felt like it both had a both visually stunning film, but also it, it was able to bring the fact-based drama of a lot of, of this story. So I feel like The Walk was another good visually impressive film. And I'll agree with you there, Keith, but The Walk has definitely been overlooked and underrated for the most part there as far go. as the cinematography goes. Wow. There's, there's so much conflict in this segment. This is great. <laughs> okay, Kiefer, I want to ask you a question because when I look at the top films, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit biased because I like action films. You know, Star Wars stands out to me. You mentioned Mad Max, Avengers is another one. I wanted to pose this question. Do you think that in the field that it is right now, with all the great movies that are out there, can an action movie sneak in a Best Picture award to win it all? It's a good question. I, I think Mad Max is different. It's not just an action film. It's I think filmmaking-wise, it's it's really done some great things visually. And I don't think it's going to win just for being an action film. It's winning for a good storytelling film. And again... No way is with the with the nominations is Avengers or Ant Man or any film like action film like that is going to win with the competitors out there. Pains me, especially since Willie is in the segment. <laughs> no, I mean yes, they could. He could. I think, but I think I don't think Mad Max is going to win just because it's an action movie. It's more than just an action movie. It's a it's a it's a visually stunning film that really does take some risks. 
I believe, with, with how it portrays itself. There's not much dialogue. It's very, very much a lot of just visual storytelling, and that's what filmmaking is about. Interesting, interesting. Going off from that, because talking about action movies, one thing that stands out is the effects. So let's talk, start talking about the nitty-gritty of the films, editing, cinematography, stuff like that. Willie, I wanted to pose this question to you. From a technical standpoint and from a storytelling standpoint, I don't know. It seems like to me that the recent films, at least the films that I've seen, it just seems like they're missing something what would you suggest from the great films that are out there what do you think they're missing missing i think they're missing to me it it all comes down to screenplay The, the, the greatest films of all time have always had fantastic screenplays and i think just simply because films have been around for over 150 years you're gonna see the same plots there are only so many plots and there are only so many ways to tell a story so then it relies a lot on the effect and the actors and the direction so i think what what you may be feeling these films are missing is, is a strong screen play behind it. I would agree, especially with, with some of these action films, that they're missing a storytelling element to it. Definitely. So, for both of you gentlemen, let's go into the acting. Best actor. Go. Look, it. I, I'm not going to say it's DiCaprio's year, but it very well may be. My only apprehension is that if you, if you look at what the critics, you know, the, the various regional critics awards, it, he hasn't been sweeping. He's been sharing it with Michael Fassbender for, for Steve Jobs, so he could be in there. And of course, as last year showed us, you can never doubt Eddie Redmayne. I mean, he is portraying, <laughs> he is Oscar bait 101 this year, and I don't mean that in a bad way, Eddie. I love you. He, he is playing the first transgender woman. We all know that you know what the Academy likes to, to give wins to, r- risky things like that. So I want to say Leo is going to take it, but nothing is certain. And I, actually, I want to step in there, just change the subject just for a minute. I think what also the films are missing this year was a lot of the risk factor compared to last year, the films before. I mean, there was not much risk-taking. I mean, there was, there was some, of course, there are those those films that do take risks, but compared to nominations, we found those, a lot of them kind of, kind of played safe. Just, just kind of kept it in, like, what we're used to and I think that's what was nothing I was missing this year you know Kiefer now that you mentioned that sorry to cut you off there but no, yeah no. You're, you're right about that that I've just been watching these films and I think that especially with character deaths because yeah. it just seems like it's strategic in a way that it's to keep from you know oh let's hold on to this character we may get a sequel out of it and oh let's hold on to this one you know people like them so yeah yeah it's it's interesting that you mentioned that except for Animalisa and Spotlight those are the only two films that come to mind that actually did whoa we took some risks here but again already films kids be careful try to go for PG. kids be careful there <laughs> yeah and, and you know like we said this conversation is really just about that there's a lot of interesting films it's, yeah. it, it really is an open field so guys let's take a break i'm brandon Sella, and you're listening to kids first coming attractions online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm jerry orris and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about our favorite films and our oscar predictions and we're going to continue that by talking to brendan and brianna about their favorite films their oscar predictions how are you guys doing i'm doing very well thank you fantastic how are you doing man i'm doing fantastic thank you for asking so let's start out by talking about our favorite films brianna what is your favorite film of the year and why i have two and they're basically the same movie i mean not really but basically, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, so my favorite film was Brooklyn because I love <laughs> I mean, I know I should give like a better answer than that. Like, oh yeah, the cinematography was great. But I love Brooklyn because first of all, the characters were great. I love them. I thought it went into this kind of flow of, oh yeah, I totally know what's going on. But then it wouldn't do what I thought it was going to do. And I was like, whoa, didn't see that coming. And then I also liked The Longest Ride and me and me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I love those. Those are all excellent movies. I'm surprised you said The Longest Ride. I thought it was a very nice movie. I just didn't think that it was one of the best movies of the year, in my opinion. But I agree. There's a lot of good aspects of The I Longest. Mean, I mean, it was interesting and I really liked it. But after seeing Brooklyn, I was like, well. So, Brandon, what is your favorite film of the year? Star Wars. Uh, give me some Star Wars. I just wanted to throw that out there. I think it's Star um, Wars. <laughs> Brianna, it's interesting that you mentioned me and Earl and the Dying Girl because I actually have that as my second favorite movie as well. Oh, it, really? Yeah, it's it's just a fun movie with you know great plot and everything, and the the cinematography was a was a great part of it. But I'm I'm sorry, I just gotta hand it to Star Wars. It, it just I know that there's nitpicking, and I know that there are plot holes here and there, but I ignore all of it because <laughs> I I'm a huge Star Wars fan at heart. I was waiting on this movie for a long time, and when I got to see it, I was worried 
married. Oh man, where are they gonna are they gonna throw Jar Jar in there? Oh God, what's gonna happen? You know, I was sweating profusely for some reason, but then I watched it and I said, okay, they handled everything perfectly. And that's what I want to see out of a movie that you that you every technical aspect you meet, you know, in a precise way. There's character development, there's a succinct dialogue, there's succinct plot, everything has a flow. It's you know, it's down to the key. JJ Abrams does a great job. And we do have to kind of mention JJ Abrams. I mean, directors did a lot of crazy things in the past, especially Steven Spielberg trying to finish AI. I mean, that was very hard for him to do, very dependent on his career for that. But J.J. Abrams, he had to reboot uh, the movies since they weren't planning on making any movies. He had to reboot one of the most legendary series in all of Hollywood. And he, I think he did an excellent job. Definitely, my, yeah. Like, my, that's that's the biggest, but that's like, it's the biggest load that he's had to bear, I think, in his career. Because you're, it's a film that spans two generations and has grossed like an incredible amount, uh, amount of money and the expectations were just t- incredible for him and like I said he, he did he did a great job. I definitely agree with you and I think that he should at least get some some award I don't know if it's from the Oscars but some award for his directing because again like, you, like we both said it's just such a difficult task to do and I'm rambling let's move on. Brianna in terms <laughs> of special effects what do you think? Okay so I have two. I have two for a lot of things but anyway I really really liked Mockingjay Part 2 and I know that's like a very generic very like oh yeah of course but I read the I read all of the books and I I didn't really like like the middle ones I really liked the first one and then the, the middle I was like mm, okay and I was really hoping for this last one to be glorious and amazing and it was and I really liked it and some scenes were a lot better than others but anyway the scene with cinematography I totally forgot if that's what you're asking me but I'm gonna keep going with cinematography and special effects and all this other glorious things with the mutt and them chasing Katniss Everdeen and Peter Malark and, and that whole situation and Finnick and I really love that scene and oh with I'm just this is great and with the ink and it flooding and it's just running away from it and Peta getting all psyched great and I don't know if it's actually going to win what you're asking me it's going to win but personally if I had a little Oscars thing in my head with five awards I would give it to them you know everybody complains about the Hunger Games for many reasons it's just cheesy it's just another team I'm a flip. cheesy type of person I, but, I I love it but if people think about it there are just so many aspects of the film they have to think about especially in the story of course it's based off the books but still just turning into a film I mean the political standpoint the special effects yes. the acting the acting is legendary like you said Peter and Katniss they, it's just such deep roles and they both Thank did you. so good and Thank I think that the latest film I haven't seen it but I've seen a lot of comments about it everybody's saying they did a fantastic job so I'm glad they ended it very nicely because Catching Fire wasn't my favorite film in the world See? I'll be honest I was like I really like the first one because it's like oh my gosh I've already read these books and I'm really excited so the first one I think was partly my height and partly it was an actually good film and then Catching Fire I was like I don't even actually remember anything from Catching Fire like I don't even know what the book was about I don't know anyway and then the first part of Mockingjay I was excited because I was like oh my gosh but PETA wasn't in it and you know how I am with PETA and Josh Hutcherson so I was like mm, it wasn't that great but that was so biased of me to say that but anyway I really liked the last one because he was in it and it was a really good film Brianna's very emotional about Hunger Games she's yeah, so like yeah. 
am. Pumped up about it. Yeah. I am. Brandon, are you very emotional about any special effect films? I'm nerding out with this one for two in particular. As I mentioned before, Star Wars, because of the combination. I'm going to be talking about Star Wars a lot, okay? It, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, it's it's complete. And the special See, effects... I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to duke it out about the, about a bunch of these categories. <laughs> but, you know, back, back to my point, combination of the real effects and the CGI effects were a great blend in Star Wars. However, I would say that Avengers Age of Ultron had better special effects. And here's why. In every other scene, there was some effect involved and it attracted the eye in a way that wasn't like Star Wars and that the action was great. And what did it, what helped it out? The special effects between Hulk, between the Scarlet Witch, between Quicksilver, between the Thor lightning, everything was pieced together and everything looked awesome and just, you know, picture perfect with everything. I agree 100%. You're listening to Kids vs. Comedy Attractions on the Voice of America Kids Network. Today, we are talking about all our favorite movies of 2015 Oscar predictions. Right now, we're talking to Brandon Brianna about that, and I have to agree about Age of Ultron, but what I really like in particular, I know this is a rated R film, but what I really liked in terms of special effects was Ex Machina, because just because Ex Machina features an AI robot, people didn't know just how well they designed her and how smooth she looked. It was just legendary. I know that the dinosaurs from Jurassic World may seem more amazing, but the detail, it was just so up close with her and they just did it so perfectly and I have to mention that because it looked like she was a real being and it was just amazing in my opinion. Yeah, I completely forgot about Ex Machina now that you mentioned that. Yeah, like that's, and you said rendered it rendered perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, not, not I have yeah. to rethink this category now. Yeah. So, Brianna, let's look about story. There's a lot of intense stories like The Martian, Star Wars, of course, The Walk. There's a lot of intense stories. What do you think was your fair in terms of storyline? It's really funny that you said that because all those films that you just listed, I haven't watched them. Because, okay, I have a quick summary. First of all, I'm very different from you. I am like, I just be like, no. And not that I'm biased against them. Like, no, I won't see that. It's just, I have no desire to see them. Anyway, for story, I have two, again, Brooklyn and me and Earl and the Dying Girl. First, me, Earl and the Dying Girl, because I have a connection with that one because I remember in one of my acting classes, um, we did a few scenes and, and this was before I even knew it was going to be in a film. It was just, here's a script, memorize it. It was very interesting to see my portrayal of it and the main character's portrayal of it. And I really, really liked how it was different and it was like I'm quoting Raven but it's um it's not a romantic type of film like it could be if you really wanted it to be but it's not and and I love that because it's refreshing as Raven would say it it's refreshing to see that not every film with a guy and a girl has to end up with some romantic type of weird drama stuff. So I'm glad that it was like, if this was a romantic film and he would play this whole thing out and then he's like, but it's not. So I don't know. I really like that aspect. And Brooklyn, because it was a romantic film, um, I love, I didn't actually like her acting though. I, it's weird. I mean, I, I really like her, but I didn't like her acting in this. So I know we're talking about uh, me and her own dying girl a lot, like a lot, this radio show, but it deserves a lot of fame. And I'm not sure why I didn't get it because the story is very unique. I know Kiefer talked last segment about how there weren't a lot of testing films. Well, this was a film that really tested Hollywood because they set it up to be this romance film and everybody yes. loves romance films and then it didn't be a 
romance film. Everybody was like, what? And, and it I'm was just, raw. I'm sorry yeah. for cutting you off, but it was very raw to me. And I was like, I felt as though it was this not misbelief or not like putting you one way, but then like totally smacking you another. It was just this opening my eyes to see something that I haven't really fully experienced in a such believable level. Because I do feel as though this year, the originality level has been kind of from at least from the films I've seen that it hasn't been quite up there and to see this film kind of take a turn for its own I thought that was interesting Brianna and I actually agree on something as far as the yes. best story goes yeah yes. me, and Earl, me and Earl and the Dying Girl I, got, I gotta say I was hooked my mom and I watched the film and we were hooked throughout the entire movie especially with the twist of oh it's a love story it's a love story yes. bam it's not a love story I'm, I'm sitting there going okay wow that was that was different and yeah. that was cool I think this perfect segue to a little bit of drama because they weren't many dramatic films. It was mostly action True. with Star Wars, Tomorrowland, Jurassic World, Mad Max. It was almost all action, which I was a little bit surprised. So, Brianna, since I asked you first, I think, Brandon, what do you think was the best drama film this year? Me and Earl and the Dying Girl? <laughs> Maybe? I mean, Let's... yeah. As you said before, it's it's there was a low count of drama. It, I I wouldn't I would throw that one in there. I I just I don't know of any great dramatic stories. There are a few, but they're a bit more mature for audiences. But me and Earl the Dying Girl, I would say that the story really helps the piece together this comedy drama kind of story. I think that me and Earl and Dying Girl deserves all the praise again. I I'm saying this again and again, but I am very surprised that get didn't get that much praise and i truly hope that wins at least one or two oscars because it definitely deserves it let's take a break i'm jerry orse and you're listening to kids first coming attractions and this show is sponsored by the little prince from n circle entertainment get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. They say you can't change the weather, but we already have. And if we've changed it for the worse, let's change it for the better. Tune in to The Climate Opportunity, a two-hour special hosted by Beth Green and Dr. Grant Dean. Expert guests, Professor Scott Denning, Chef Laura Steck, video journalist Peter Sinclair, and Kelsey Wirth of Women Out Front will share how we can improve our lives while improving our weather. Listen on Inside Out Radio, Tuesday, November 11th, starting at 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Presented by Inside Out Radio and Voice America. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. 
Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Brandon Silla, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking all about our favorite movies, our Oscar nominations. We're going to wrap it up with this segment. I'm going to talk to Jerry. Jerry, how you doing, man? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Let's talk top three. What do you got? Top three films. It's not going to be Star Wars. I'm sorry. And I have to say this. Steven Spielberg directed one film that I want to mention. That's Bridger Spies. Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks, they team up again. When they team up, you just cannot go without man. And I'm very mad at myself. I did not mention it yet. Bridge of Spies, it's my number one film. And I'm going to predict it. I'm very scared to do this, but I'm predicting it's going to win the best movie of the year because it's just amazing. The acting, the cinematography, the sets, everything about it is just stupendous. My second on the list is Star Wars because of the directing, mainly J.J. Abrams. He did a wonderful job. I thought he brought it back perfectly. I thought the cinematography was legendary. I love the cheesy transitions. I thought the acting, and I don't know if people would notice this, but I kind of love the little hint that they connected it to episode 4 of Star Wars in terms of story. And I know that may seem a little fake or done before, but I kind of liked how they connected it. It made it almost a repeat of the story and made you think of the whole Star Wars universe and all that other jazz. And third in the list is The Martian, mainly because of the acting. Matt Damien, he did an entire film by himself, and he carried it very well, so we he has to at least win some sort of Oscar for that, because he just did such a legendary job. Interesting. So, you're putting Bridge of Spies as your best picture already. Like, that's, that's your pick? I just thought it was beautiful. It was bound to be amazing, because Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg, yeah. So, I'm gonna say Best film of the year, Bridge of Spies. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so let, let's backtrack here. Let's go to your number two pick, which is Star Wars. I think we're, we've both seen the film, and there's been a lot of hype. I want to pose this question. Is Star Wars really that good? Because as I alluded earlier, that there have been, that there were nitpick things, there were some things that I just kind of forgot about. Is it is it really that good, or am I just trying to find errors in it? You know, I think that was a good film. I don't think it's going to win the best film of the year, because it is in the best film of this year. I think it's a good film. It's very enjoyable. It's a very entertaining film to watch a few times, but I don't think it's gonna. It's one of the best films. There's a lot of great things of it. The acting, it, Daisy really, she just stole the role. I think she's gonna win Oscar for her role because she just did such a legendary job, and the role she played is very deep too. I just think that so many parts of it felt a little almost forced by J.J. Abrams, and it was just a little bit. And I honestly felt that the film was a little bit too long at times. But the story they display was just so complex and so in-depth. And again, it's a lot like episode four. And I just thought for that, it was all right. But they could have definitely shortened it a little bit. Yeah, okay. I would agree that there were some parts that a bit dragged on here and there. But you mentioned uh, Daisy Ridley. So let's go straight to acting. Best actor and best actress. Daisy Ridley for best actress, like I said. Matt Damien, best actor. Like I said, I really love films like that have a main character completely by themselves. I know Tom Hanks, he did that. And I think Matt Damien, he did just a fantastic job. He's interacting with other people maybe 10 minutes in the film total. Just how well he did completely by himself. Either talking to 
a computer or talking to himself or just using the world around him, well, Mars around him, to do acting. Just such a perfect job. You mentioned Tom Hanks. Yes, the film Castaway is another one that I would I would say represents The Martian because both films, there are these guys that are just isolated and it really shows in their performances. So yes, I would definitely agree. Best actor, Matt Damon, even though there's been a lot of hype about Leonardo DiCaprio possibly winning, possibly winning his first. Would you agree with that hype or do you think it's just hype? I can agree with that. I think Leonardo definitely deserves at least one Oscar win by now. I am very surprised he hasn't. I think it's a little bit interesting how he's done what, like 10, 11 Oscar nominated films now and he hasn't won a single Oscar. So I think he at least deserves one. This year, I don't know. There are a lot of competition. I thought of it. I thought the same that it just seems like he's he's bound to win one. It just it's not this year, and and it's gotta it's gotta suck for him because it seems he's been putting on these performances practically his entire career, and it's unfortunate that he hasn't won an Oscar. I think he's due, but like I said, just you know, like and like you said, just not this year. So real quick, many sleepers for Best Picture. I would say The Walk because out of all films this year, The Walk really didn't get a, a lot of hype. Of course, me and Earl and Dying Girl, like I said, probably about fifty times, that didn't get a lot of hype, but. The Walk really wasn't looked at that much, and I thought a lot of aspects of it, especially the cinematography, was just beautiful. So I honestly think that The Walk is one of those films, and it should at least sneak in one, because some aspect of it, definitely the cinematography, was just beautiful. Like, we've been talking about the entire show, that it's just such a wide span of great films. It's going to be tough for any film to really sneak in there. Definitely, definitely. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about our Oscar picks, our favorite films. I'm talking to Jerry about our favorite films and our Oscar picks. And coming up, you know, we're talking about, this is one of those categories that kind of gets glossed over. Best costume design. What do you think? What film stood out to you as far as that goes? Mad Max was really one of the only films that truly had a good costume. I guess you could kind of say maybe The Martian or Jurassic World had some sort of costumes, but I honestly think Mad Max may be the only one. I'm sorry if I'm missing a title that's obvious and has beautiful costumes like uh, we mentioned earlier Cinderella it did have nice costumes but they were done before Mad Max's costumes are just very unique very interesting that you don't expect to usually see in a film so I think Mad Max and it's kind of sad that there are such few films in this category I mean a few years ago we had plenty like Maleficent that was a fantastic film in terms of costume yeah now that you mentioned that the Mad Max just the series and the feel of it is unique to only a Itself. I can't think of, I mean, there are post-apocalyptic movies and uh, movies that have that same feel, but not the specific Mad Max feel. Like Star Wars, there are some films here and there that's, okay, well, you know, it's space, whatnot, oh, there's blasters, but Mad Max is just its own world, its own realm. So definitely the costumes would be the unique thing to it. And talking about uniqueness, other than Mad Max, can you think of any other unique or special films that are out there? Ex Machina. I know this is a rated R film, but it is very unique. There are, of course, AI films out there, but just kind of the storyline of this person interacting with an AI for 
testing purposes and then how deep it gets into the story. That's a very unique film and kind of testing too. I know it's rated R, but it just does such a fantastic job. To be honest, I really don't know why it's rated R. I read in the story plot, I read a few reviews, and it doesn't look like it should be rated R. In terms of rated R, I think a lot of films these days and these years are rated R for really no reason. All right, so you're saying that maybe some of these films could maybe take in a scene or two and could have fit PG-13 so that maybe they reach a broader spectrum? Yeah, I definitely think. I mean, some of these films didn't really need to remove any scenes. They just randomly got rated R. Huh, I, I checked that out. I think it's just that maybe themes of it and just the theme, I guess, would be the one thing because there are certain documentaries that cover certain topics that you could understand, okay, maybe, maybe children or young teens shouldn't see this or maybe just the message of it is just meant for an older audience. But yeah, there are going to be those films that you go, oh, well, if they just maybe did this or, I don't know, took out a little less blood, then maybe it would have helped out. Definitely. So let's uh, move on to a big part of movies, which is music. What's the best score that that you think should win for that category? John Williams, Star Wars. That's, of course, I I love him. He has been doing it since the first one, the 1970s. He's like one of the only people from the original cast instead of the actors that are still on. I just think it's such a, it's just amazing that he's still doing it. And I honestly think that's really one of the only ones that are countable because Star Wars is one of the only films this year that really had a soundtrack. A lot of films in the last decade, they just have a few good songs, but they really don't have a soundtrack playing in the background like Star Wars does. There really is, it, like like we said about uniqueness, Star Wars score is unique to its own. Maybe, maybe a Cinderella could have snuck in there, maybe some other films, not necessarily Mad Max, but just other films, the, the kind of Disney-ish films that really have this beautiful score could sneak in there. Um, so as far as the technical aspects of films, editing, cinematography, what's the best film technically sound? I think that Jurassic World does deserve some sort of mention because if you think about it, half the film is in CGI because the main point of Jurassic, the whole Jurassic series is that these giant dinosaurs are coming after you. They aren't there. I don't think any of the films ever use puppets. It's all some sort of CGI technology from the first one using one of the first ever CGI technology to the present day one that just looks epic and I have to think that Jurassic World is pretty amazing and of course like I said Ex Machina knows rated R and also The Walk because of course someone isn't actually walking over Twin Tower replicas that would just be insane and I think those are my picks I really don't want to say Star Wars because I think special effects look very interesting very beautiful but I think they aren't to the point where it's impressive I think it's it's very nice it's nicely designed but I don't think it's impressive you mentioned Jurassic World and I don't remember what film I was watching maybe the director's commentary for it was one in particular I, I just can't get off the tip of my tongue but it was the um, director had trouble with getting the actors to react to scary things because it was C- it was CGI and because you can't really react to you know a puppet but with Jurassic World they, they did a good job with that so Jerry just wrap up real quick any last thoughts about films about your favorite ones about best director stuff like that I do kind of want to mention Furious 7 in terms of the soundtrack it's not like a standard soundtrack you would think with orchestra playing and all these beautiful instruments sounding together. It's more rock and all of that, but there is a lot of music in it. And of course, custom to the Fast and Furious franchise, there is music. And I think that they did a very nice job with the sound in this one. You know, thank you guys very much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. 
to watch uh, our latest video reviews of new film and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teens section of the Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by N-Circle Entertainment. So I'm Brandon Sella. He's Jerry. Thanks for listening. You guys have a good one. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. Listen, the later it gets, you're listening to Voice America Kids.